What is going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of the Daily Energy Newsbeat stand-up here on this gorgeous Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. As always, I am your humble correspondent, Michael Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas, joined by the executive producer of the show, the purveyor of the show, and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com. Stuart Turley, my man, how we doing today? Uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, just having a barrel of fun. Absolutely. And we have an incredible show for you guys lined up. So we'll waste no time and dive right in. Our headlines for today, China LNG deal comes at an environmental cost. As I would say, well, duh. So we'll see what uh, is going on um, with these LNG deals in China. Of course, there's going to be an environmental cost. The question is, um, what will it be? And and all of that. Next up, top LNG importer, China, reselling more cargoes and eyes trading gains. So nice little uh, uh, two Chinese stories up there for us. Exclusive. Um, next up, there's an exclusive, according to Reuters, um, U.S. probes 30 ship managers for suspected Russian oil sanctions violation. Oh, this is a little spicy, specifically considering that this is going on in the U.S. So Stu will cover um, everything that's going on with those Russian sanctions. Next up, PG&E files extension to keep Diablo Canyon operating. They're in our favorite state of California. We've, we've got a few California stuff coming up here, considering we're going to be talking about China, but they look to keep Diablo Canyon operational. So Stu will cover what that looks like. He'll then toss it over to me. I'll quickly cover what happened in the overall markets today. Oil up a little bit, mainly off the back of, 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 of a new forecast that came out uh, via some big banks. So I'll cover that. We do have a small little M&A deal. Um, Mock Resources, um, who actually recently IPO'd about four weeks ago, is actually now picking up uh, Paloma Partners, um, some Anadarko Basin stuff, really targeting the Oswego Formation. So uh, we'll do a quick overview of the prospectus and what that deal looks like and what to expect from Mock. And then we'll let you guys get on out of here, get back to work and start your Tuesday. Appreciate everybody who's checking us out. And before we dive into the show, as always, guys stories and analyses you're about to hear is brought to you by world's greatest website energynewsbeat.com check us out um again that's www.energynewsbeat.com student the team do an excellent job curating that making sure it stays up to speed with everything you need to know about the oil and gas business check us out dashboard.energynewsbeat.com it's our data news combo product we'd love that uh, email the show questions at energynewsbeat.com check out the description for all of the links and articles that we are about to cover i'm out of breath though Stu. where do you want to begin Hey, let's start with our buddies over there in China. China LNG deal comes at an environmental cost. I'll tell you, this is kind of funny, actually. Michael, just before I get into this, think about it. LNG is gas uh, liquefaction of natural gas. Mm -hmm. Goes to a ship. That ship then chugs around the world and then gets degasified and then put into pipes. So let's. there's a lot of transportation going on with that natural gas. Chinese gas importers have increased long-term contracts with both Qatar and the U.S. by 50% since 2022, both the contracts 40 million tons per year. That is a lot of LNG traveling around the oceans. Here's yes, where it gets uh, pretty wild. It shot up 72,000 and 800 million cubic meters. Wow. They are expected to contract LNG supply for more than 100 MTPA by 2026. That's nuts. 
Let's come in here. The CO2 emissions. This is a quote down here from a carbon brief report. China's CO2 emissions are still increasing and we have returned to record levels. <laughs> well, really? It's because all them coal plants that they're putting in. Uh, exactly. I, I love this this quote by LNG analyst Rob Rosansky. He's from the Global Energy Monitor. I mean, this guy really gets paid to, to, to give quotes like this. Switching from coal to natural gas probably improves local air quality, but uh, gas-fired power still produces harmful emissions linked to health impacts and premature deaths. I swear, that guy got paid a salary to say that quote. That's oh. unbelievable. Sign me up, Stu. Oh, absolutely. And then factoring in the entire LNG life cycle with methane gas leaks through the entire cycle, LNG chain. And since methane is such a powerful uh, greenhouse gas emitter, LNG has an outsized climate impact. <laughs> that was from uh, Rosowski. I-, I got tickled at this one. Produced locally. You don't have to ship around the world and become energy independent. Yep. Now, I mean, this I think is a good segue to this next article. China on now becoming the largest import of LNG. Looks like they're doing some crazy stuff with it. Oh, they're doing the old shell game on this bad dog. Uh, Chinese customs data. There's some big numbers in here, Michael, shows that they reloaded 617,000 metric tons of imported LNG during the nine months of this year, Mm -hmm. compared with the 576,000 tons. And here's where it gets funny. It comes down into here. We need to pull all the levers when it comes to managing market swings, says Zhang Yoi. Bless you. Uh, PC's glo- PCI global head of LNG told Reuters. Here it comes down into here. China's LNG receiving capacity is expected to expand 30% to nearly 182 million tons annually by 2025 from 139 million tons this year. Now, here's where it gets a little funny is that they're trading uh, shipments. And I think that this is actually a hoot. Let me find the quote numbers in here. South Korea has been taking 27% of China's uh, reloads, and it's even been going to uh, Europe. I'm trying to find where that number, it was buried in here. Anyway, China is getting the orders and then shipping them off somewhere else. <laughs> well, because as 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 Zhang Yao, um, the global head of LNG, pointed out, you know, this is using these financial derivatives and developing infrastructure like regasification terminals and underground storage help offset market volatility and improve overall supply security. So they're doing things that, quite frankly, the U.S. should be doing, which was using their massive amount of infrastructure to obtain energy security. Security at home. So as much as I'd love to hate China for this, they're doing it in order to keep energy prices low at home. So oh, absolutely. You know, you know, don't hate the player, hate the game. Oh, and they're playing the game. Oh, that was they a good are. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Uh, coming around the corner, we got our buddies over in Russia. Exclusive uh, U.S. probes 30 ship managers for suspected Russian oil sanctions. Uh, really? Uh, The Biden administration, the U.S. Treasury Department has sent notices to these ship managers. I don't think anything's going to happen out of this. I got tickled out of it because the ship management companies in 30 countries were aimed at restricting oil revenues uh, to Moscow as a punishment. 
They haven't done anything to Iran. They haven't done anything here. At last month, this imposed sanctions of owners of two tankers that carried Russian oil price above the cap. Okay, Michael, let me hold my breath for as long as this matters. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I mean, the only this- thing I have to say here is, is okay, I, I, I'm with you. We have these, we don't enforce sanctions. But now we are trying to at least enforce them a little bit. I mean, your your whole shtick was we don't enforce sanctions. Why have sanctions? I'm with you. Sanctions don't work. But if you're going to have sanctions, you might as well enforce them. At least they're trying here. And I love this. uh, The By enforcing a rely on ghost fleet of aging tankers. There's no way they can touch that. My ghost fleet. I mean, you know, it's it's not going to happen. Okay, you can throw sanctions. Yeah, there's no way they can even enforce it. How do you how do you touch a ghost? Right. So you- there I am with you. If 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 the way to cut this out is get rid of the dark fleet then you're in trouble because you're not going to be able to do that. It's literally called the dark fleet for a reason. It operates somewhat off the grids. Now, you know, this article does point out that this is a routine step. They've really sent a notice that they're intending to investigate. So it's more a quest, a, a quest for and a request for information. So will anything happen out of this? I don't know. This could be more hand waving to say, look, we're even enforcing our sanctions. And then they end up not. No, there's no way they can. Anyway, let's go to PG&E. Our buddies over there at PG&E. PG&E files an extension to keep Diablo Canyon operational. I find it funny that this was filed when President Z from China has come in. Oh, hey, uh, Miss Producer, can you fly in this uh, thing here? Let me get the article. I found this on Twitter and I found it very interesting. This is from, I want to give it Chuck Cohen a shout out. And it's before Z. And this is San Francisco with the homeless. You know, you see the normal homeless after they ran through like goons, beating the homeless and cleaning them up, just like in Prince's Bride when they went, I need my goon squad to clean everything up. They did. Okay. Now, this is going to be the same thing, Michael. Here they are. They have lousy energy policies. President G shows up and they're going to add 20 years to Diablo Canyon. When Michael, you and I were covering it two years ago, they were shutting it down. All we have to do is get President Z to tour the United States. Chicago would be cleaned up. New York would be cleaned up. This would be huge. I'm a Z fan all of a sudden since he can get California cleaned up just by showing up. This multi-year Diablo Canyon uh, is just unbelievable. PG&E is committed to answering the state's call to ensure continued operation at the facility and safely delivered affordable, reliable, and clean energy, uh, said uh, Patty Pope in a press release. She has to be IR person of the week. Yeah, I mean, you still have to remember for all of the flaws that we are forced down our throat from Diablo Canyon. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. It's doing 10% of the state's electrical supply. Something to sneeze at. No, it's not. And and it's delivering less carbon than uh, all of the oil that's coming in from China's wells out of the rainforest. 
24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365, rain or shine. I mean, I love me a nuke. No, you 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 love it. And and we do need, we just need uh to, to G to take a tour of the United States and it'll get clean. Had me tickled. And then did you see, I mean, not to sidetrack, but I saw a clip today of of Newsom saying, Well, hey, I know a lot of you think we just cleaned up the streets because uh, President Xi is here. And he's like, well, it's true. It's true. But we also did it because blah, blah, oh. and it was just he straight up just let he admitted it. Well, did you do you remember when uh, Biden made his first 15 minute drive by at the at the border? Uh, the, the border town was a wreck. They did the same thing. They brought the Princess Bride goon squad through, cleaned it up. You couldn't find an illegal Im- immigrant to save your life around the goon squad. And President Biden walked around with his bag of depends under his arm, looking around going, there's no border crisis. Oh, just bring Biden and Z on a world tour around the U.S. and we would have no problem. A world tour around the U.S. I absolutely <laughs> love it. I absolutely. Biden, you got anything else for us? No, Biden would think he was on a world tour because he got out of the White House. That's a good point. <laughs> we'll go ahead and pivot, guys, um, to finance S&P 500, only down about a tenth of a percentage point. NASDAQ tumbles about three tenths of a percentage point. Crude oil trades up about a, uh, you know, about a percent and a half, sitting at 78.52, uh, mainly off the back. Of a new oil forecast. Um, this comes at the hands of UBS, um, UBS, FGE, um, Eurasia, and RBC Capital Markets. They really uh, they come out and say that the OPEC leader is expected to extend its cuts by a million barrels, um, which were introduced last summer, and that will extend into next year. Here's the quote from the the the, the bank leading it, Comer's Bank, Carson Fritz. Extension quote now is very probable, given that the oil market would likely otherwise risk seeing a high supply surface in the first half of the year. Reason why I point this out is the fact that um, the reason why, Stu, we're going to go ahead and actually keep these cuts, okay, is because we're now nervous that there's going to be a, quote, supply surplus. I don't know if that's the bat signal before everything, but they're saying there's a supply shortage or a supply surplus. Well, there goes that. Where's that hundred dollar oil prediction then? If you're telling me a million barrels a day production cut from OPEC is the only thing keeping us from an insane surplus and where we are at now, Stu, I'm nervous. That makes me nervous. So now they they could be seeing something we're not seeing. They could, they, you know, again, there's a lot that goes into this. I'd be remiss to say that that Saudi energy minister, Prince Abiz Salam insisted this week that global oil demand remains healthy, blaming Brent's crude slide to $80 a barrel, a quote ploy by speculators. You know, he is right. World inventories still are tight, but this is interesting. This is the first time I've heard somebody come out and say, the only reason we're not in a surplus is because of these cuts. Spicy stew. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm not worried about it. I think we're going to see high prices because demand, uh, even with a global recession coming around the corner, demand will still be there. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just I find it interesting that we've at least got a group of banks coming out and saying the opposite of what we would hear every day from Goldman Sachs. We'll quickly cover, Stu, the the, the latest deal 
Um, gotta love the headline. Mock Natural Resources adds accretive acquisition in Anadarko Basin. Accretive, quite possibly, is my favorite IR word. Um, I'll read you the headline here. Mock Natural Resources has signed an agreement with Paloma Partners, um, which is a NCAP um, backed Portco, and they've gone ahead and acquired them for total cash consideration of about $815 million. Um, Mock Natural Resources, guys, is led by Tom Ward, obviously, um, of, of Chesapeake and, 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 and the multiple different iterations out of that. Tom Ward has been, um, remember, was the COO and, and director over at Chesapeake for all those years back before um, uh, Aubrey McLennan left. Um, he then went over to Sandridge, also then jumped over. Um, where else did he go? He went to another company. I forget. It was Sandridge and then and it's another company. And now he's here. Mock Resource. They actually just recently, about four four or five weeks ago, um, IPO'd and went ahead and turned their IPO cash um, into an $18, $815 million position here by taking out Plum Partners. They basically are acquiring about 32,000 BOE a day. It's about 23% oil, 51% liquids, um, about 31.5 million barrels of oil equivalent. Again, you're probably looking at 25% oil. 75% liquids. You know, they got one rig currently running with the six additional wells expected um, to be completed between the effect date and the closing day. 62,000 acres um, in, in the Anadarko Basin. Remember, that's up there, um, you know, North Oklahoma or Middle Oklahoma, kind of stretching into that that northern part of Texas there. You've got scattered between Canadian, Grady, McLean, Caddo, Custer, Dewey, Blaine, and Kingfisher counties. Um, most of that, though, is in Canadian and Grady counties. High drilling. Yeah, I love this, Stu. High return drilling location with over 12 years of operated inventory on a one rig program. Interesting, interesting. Wow. A one, one place rig where, program. Yeah, I, well here's here's my thing. Here's my <laughs> the interest with well, I think there's two things about it. one, there's no way they've got 12 years of operated inventory specifically because if you go look at their prospectus, they believe it's all in the Oswego formation, which trust me, I've I've got some experience with the Oswego formation. Not great. Trust me, guys. Oswego, not great. Uh, this is also super interesting. Mock plans to fund the purchase with new debt financing. Um, they've received fully committed finance from a group Chambers Energy Management EOC partners, including Mercury Investments, funds managed by Fallon Capital Management, McGuire, and other financials too, blah, blah, blah. The $825 million secured senior loan will close in conjunction with the closing of the acquisition. So not only do you IPO, you then decide to debt finance your Oswego formation purchase in Anadarko. You know what I say to that? Good luck. You and your 12 years of high return operated inventory. <laughs> Good luck. Stu, we're going to have to break this down on deal of the week. This is going to have to be our deal of the right. week because I'd love to tear this apart. Let's do it. I'm ready. So I think I think we know what's next, Stu. Um, but got to crack me up. You know, we, we were remiss to say um, if they didn't if they didn't get it necessarily for a decent discount relative to PDP, relative what their PDP was only about a 1.2 lever transaction. So, I mean, yes, they financed it all with debt, but you could argue they got it for an insanely cheap price and are really only financing about 20% of it out of pocket, considering you can back some of that with PDP. I'd be more like 40%. But point of the matter is, I don't like the deal off the top of my head, but as we always do, we will dive into it more and you can check that out. And some new content we have coming. Probably, hopefully we can get one of these deal of the weeks out. It's not really going to be deal of the week. I'd love how we joke it's deal of the week. It's probably going to be like deal of the month. But goal is to have one out by the end of November. Um, launch it beginning of December and then hopefully kind of roll one out um, each month as we go forward. Um, but we're going to have to look at this one, too, because this one this one gets me tickled. Um, what else should people be worried about this week, Stu? We need deal of the minute. Come on, man. Where's your, where's your sense of adventure? I wish I had that time, Stu. What should people <laughs> be scared about this week? 
Well, um, COP28 is coming up in a couple of weeks and I've arranged, I'm trying to uh, confirm three different people that are attending and I cannot wait to have some live, I'll even get up at 2, 3 a.m. to have live uh, productions going on. So it'll be kind of fun. COP28, man, what can we say? That is scary. I'll give you that much. Um, COP28 does scare me, but all right, guys. Well, with that, we're going to let you get out of here, get back to work, um, start your day. We appreciate everybody for checking us out here on this gorgeous Tuesday, November 14th or 13th, excuse me, for Stuart Turley. I'm Michael Tanner. We'll see you tomorrow, folks.